Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for Coffee and Company, fueled by Thornton's on Sports Talk 790. Now here's Nick Coffee. You know, one of the things that I talked about throughout the offseason with Louisville football, at least on this show, was that there's clearly some real enthusiasm and some real excitement around the program, and that really just hadn't been there uh, during the previous era that was the Scott Satterfield era and I think now we're kind of just used to it which is the way it should be because you know starting in Atlanta I mean that turnout I thought was phenomenal looked great on TV especially during the comeback saw a ton of Louisville fans down there Friday night too which doesn't make it super convenient but first home game against Murray you know I know there was some talk about the crowd towards the end but like there was still way more people there than I think would have been there had it been the previous regime and then and Indy, you know, I know there was some talk about how many were there there, John? Was it 20? Did you see the announced attendance? I think it was something like was 22-something, 22,000, I think, which does not look good in, an, in a humongous NFL stadium. But I think it was 60-40 on the Louisville side, and they were, they were loud whenever, of course, there was good reason to be loud. And here we are, one-fourth of the way through a uh, this – First season of the Jeff Brom era, and it's just nice. Not only that they're 3-0, and and I think this team can still end up being a pretty good team, um, but I missed it. I missed Louisville football feeling like something you wanted to be attached to, meaning going to games, not just you know at home, but maybe hitting a road trip up north to Indy like so many fans did on Saturday. So um, it's been a lot of fun, man. The uh, the Louisville fan base was, was there in a, in a major way. I mean, John, Indiana fans, you know, some of them showed up. We talked about it a little bit earlier, but were you surprised by how many Louisville fans there were? Because you did say all week, no, I think there's going to be more Louisville fans there, and you were right. You you called it. But I was even surprised by just the, you know, I mean, when I was parking and walking into the stadium, I mean, I'll put it this way. Outside, it looked like Louisville fans outnumbered Indiana 8-2. to For every 10 fans, I felt like there were 8 Louisville to Indiana. I don't know if you saw it that way when you were walking in. But inside, it wasn't as much. So, I don't know. Maybe Louisville fans, there was actually more that were there. They didn't go in the game. Or maybe Indiana fans just didn't think to tailgate outside yeah, the game. And even when, like, obviously, because there was two different halves where, you know, both teams had things to cheer for, oh, yeah. that, whereas the other didn't. When Louisville was was doing their thing in the first half, I mean, Louisville's fans, not only did they outnumber Indiana, but they were loud. Indiana's fans were eh, even when things were going well. But, like, the Louisville fans, they're juiced. Yeah. And I can say that without... And you know, here and here's what's hesitation. Here's what's here's what's just just different. I don't know what word to use, so I'm just going to say different. You could do like you could have done the same thing. Exactly. You could you could, let's just say you had the exact same result on Saturday. Every single thing went the same way that it did, but the only difference is there's a different head coach on your sideline. Jeff Brom instead of Scott Satterfield. If, meaning if it's Satterfield there, I just I think we all just knew the ceiling wasn't super high and you just kind of got used to feeling a little underwhelmed. And with Jeff, and again, 
who knows if Jeff doesn't uh, if Jeff doesn't end up having a lot of success here, maybe we'll look back and say, "Geez, I thought this was going to be better. He's been good enough, but man, I expected more." Like maybe we'll get there at one point. I hope that we don't, but maybe we will. I'm not sure. But you can be, you know, seven and five, eight and four, and feel like you've got a chance at any point to have a year where you really break through and win nine or maybe ten. Or like, let's just say there's a year where you felt like eight and four is the minimum. And for some reason, an injury, a really unexpected loss happens, and you're seven and five, you'll probably be bummed and you'll think, like, man, we let one get away. But with Jeff as your coach, I just think it's, it's there's going to be more buy in from fans and more support. So, again, I don't, you know, I don't bring all this up to, to knock Scott Satterfield because he did take his first loss this weekend at Cincinnati to Miami of Ohio. But it's just nice for there to be legitimate excitement and enthusiasm surrounding UofL football because it's been missed and I hope we have a huge crowd on Saturday I expect there will be a lot of fans there I'm not great at giving you any kind of a number as far as an expectation but I'm gonna hope that there is let's just say a 20 percent to 25 percent increase compared to the Murray State game that's what I'll say and I don't think that's asking too much and I think that can be done but now we will just have to uh have to wait and see. I'll tell you what, it could be a traffic nightmare on Saturday with Louder Than Life. Oh, yeah, being I forgot town. about that. And heck, I, part of me says that that won't impact. I mean, yes, it'll impact traffic, no doubt. But a part of me says it won't impact like Louisville fans going to the game. Oh, but, I don't like, think so. I think I'm wrong. Like, there's probably a lot of Louisville fans that also want to go to Louder Than Life. That's so. true. And they're like, well, I can miss the Boston College game. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I hope that they don't. I mean, if you have tickets and you paid a lot of money for them, and it's a phenomenal, it, it is believed to be a phenomenal music festival. So, like, I get it. But I would just hope that there's a great crowd there, and I expect that there will be. All right, it is Coffee and Company. We are fueled by Thornton's here on Sports Talk 790. Thank you for hanging out with us. We certainly appreciate it. If you'd like to be a part of the show today, you can do that. We're going to open up the phone lines, 502-571-7900. That is the number if you want to give us a call. You can also text in 502 653 0790, the LN Federal Credit Union text line. And just quick, quick thoughts here on U of L. Obviously, second half was uh was a little scary. Indiana came out, took momentum, and Louisville did just enough to hold on and get out of there. And by doing that, they made some tough plays. That fourth down stop on the goal line was was huge because if you don't get that, who knows how the game ends. You know, they did just enough, I think, to keep the drive. I mean, clearly, they did, they did enough to keep the drive rolling along to where they could just run out the clock and get out of there. So I just wanted it to be a game where you not only take care of business, blow out Indiana, but you, you know, you can say, all right, that was our best performance of the season. We're only getting better. Now let's go and get back to ACC competition and see where we stand. And look, they could still do that, but I was just hoping for a better second half than what we got but I'm willing to give Indiana a lot of credit because there's one way to come out and just completely flip a game and making a big special teams play can do that and had Indiana got the ball back there and not been able to score it might have been night night for Indiana but they didn't they scored and they kept momentum and you know I I I don't know how good of a coach Tom Allen is but you know I thought it was good on his part as 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 a coach and the way his players responded because I think a lot of teams like Indiana, where you just haven't had a whole lot of success, right? There's not many guys on that team currently, John, that were a part of the winning days, right? Yeah. There's I mean, not many. Most of those are gone. So to to kind of be Indiana, that makes sense, and be down 21 nothing, and yet come out and respond the way they did, I thought that was I thought that was a uh, impressive thing for them. 
Yeah, Tom Allen had to lay his nuts on the table, and he hasn't done that very often. <laughs> Braum said after the game he thinks Indiana is going to win a lot of football games. I'm not sure if that's just something coaches say because they do that when they play an opponent and they just want to be respectful. But it will be the Indiana is going to be the opponent that down the line, like if they end up actually being pretty good, we can say, okay, well, that was more impressive than I anticipated. Go ahead, looking ahead to next week, it's only a seven. Indiana is only a 17 point favor against Akron. Hammer that cover. For real. So, that, so that's this week? That they play Akron this week. Okay. Yes. Hammer that. In Bloomington? In Bloomington. Come on. Indiana's yeah. winning by 28. I I don't know. That's that's a no play for me. Although Akron... And, and maybe I'm too high on the offense right now, but Taven Jackson's got me Well, let me juiced. ask you this, though. Like if that's, if that's a close game, you'll probably feel like, okay, maybe that Louisville game didn't mean a whole lot. I'll, yeah, I probably right? will. But if they come out and they continue the momentum that they created in the second half, then I'll have reason yeah, to stay you'll, excited. Be, and you'll be two and four heading into Big Ten play or heading into the other Big Ten action, and you can say, okay, let's go get to a ball. Yep. I, I, look, I know a lot of you won't care, and we're not going to talk a lot of Indiana moving forward. But I'm curious to see where it goes. Not only because I, it, you know, they were one of Louisville's twelve opponents, and and you know, you never really know how much of a, how you know, unless you're playing somebody at the end of the year, it's hard to really know what to make of it. But um, yeah, I'm glad Louisville was able to survive. And if you were there in Indy and you were uh, maybe a part of the vibe check before the game, it'll be out tomorrow morning. And I don't know. I, I I said last week that I was really worried how the Murray statement was going to be perceived because I just didn't really know how to feel about it as far as the kind of the, the you know the kind of clips that we got. But it ended up being probably the one that has more praise than any that we've done. So I don't feel phenomenal about the. Indiana one, but who knows? Maybe you guys will like it. I mean, I don't think it's going to be bad. I think it's you know going to be enjoyable to a lot of people. But each time we do one of those, I always find myself okay. Well, I gotta, I gotta do something to keep it fresh. Like what you know, just finding drunk people eventually is going to kind of lose its luster. <laughs> I tell you what, the variety you found for the Murray State one that's going to be tough to top. Yeah, uh, that was just. Uh, I mean. You're right. There was a lot of just random different things, like the guy that was towing vehicles from the wrong spots, and uh, the guy with the juggalo chain. And I mean, I mean, how could we forget Willow? An absolute vibe stole the show. <laughs> but there was a lot of. I mean, I shouldn't say a lot of work. I mean, it was work, but like we walked around forever. I mean, we, the show ended at six. Game starts at like seven thirty. So for like an hour and a half, we're just walking around, and there was a lot to choose from. I was a little more selective in who we talked to up in Indianapolis, at least initially, uh, but. And I wanted Indiana fans to talk trash a little bit because I, I had some ideas as to which direction I was going to go, and none of them did. And <laughs> I don't, you know, I can't say that I'm totally surprised after you know just getting the feel for that fan base when it comes to uh, when it comes to football. All right, let's go to the text line five zero two six five three zero seven ninety. That's the LNN Federal Credit Union text line. This is from Mark, uh, who says, Nick, did you happen to see the big blue brawl drunk fight? I. Yes, I saw the video. Have you seen this, John? I saw it, yeah. It, did I see the wrong video? Like, I don't see a fight. I see, I guess, what looks to be a minute and a half of some a fight that had already maybe happened and people trying to break it up. Like, am I... I mean, I saw the one that Matt Jones tweeted out. I assume that's the one everybody's reacting to. Maybe I just missed it, but I didn't happen to see... I mean, I, to me, that didn't look like it was a full-on fight. Clearly something had happened. You got people crawling on the ground, but the person filming, I mean, be a better cameraman. <laughs> oh my goodness. There's the woman with the white boots. Somebody got knocked down but, about the 15 second mark. I okay, don't know. let me see here. I've got my audio turned down so it won't come across, but yeah. Like, 
Yeah, I mean, okay, yeah, in the back. Say, yeah, there is, I, I do see something there, but it's so far away. Like, maybe I'm just, you know, an idiot. Don't answer that. But you would have to really look for that in the video, I think. Like, the person videoing it is like 10 to 20 yards away, it seems. But, yeah, I did see that. And um, Mitch Barnhart can't like that. Because, you know, that's, I think, what he, that's, that's the kind of thing he envisioned happening if there was ever alcohol sold at Kentucky sporting events. But the reality is those kind of fights probably happened at UK football games before they sold alcohol because, you know what, before you could buy it, people would still get hammered and go into a game because they tailgated for hours. And it probably happens at every game. I mean, I can't, I mean, if you're a Louisville fan, you've been to a lot of Louisville football games. I can't think of any like just knock down, drag out like oh wow, no security got here. These two had a had a uh, you know an old slobber knocker to quote Jim Ross. But like it happens, people get drunk and they start mouthing off and they get in fights. And uh, yeah, but again, I'm sure there will, there will be some that claim it was chalked up to the fact that you could sell alcohol at at UK games now when you previously couldn't. Anyways, we'll move on. I look, I I wish. We had more, I th- more, uh, you know, of a feel for Kentucky, but I just don't. We've had some people, same person, ask me the same thing every week on the text line. It's from Josh. He says, after you know, and I, I think I answered him after the first week, and then he asked the same question week two, and I didn't have an answer, and I don't really have an answer now. But he asked me after each week what I think the line would be for UK and UVL, and I don't know. I have no clue. I would say right now, maybe Louisville is a slight favorite because they are at home. So, look, Kentucky plays Vandy this weekend at Vandy, and it's a noon kickoff. Vandy, by all accounts, is not good. So, you know, that'll be their first game against, like, a real team. I mean, the the the, the pack or the, the MAC team they played this past weekend, Akron, believed to be really awful. Um, whoever they played in week one that's a MAC team that, that led against them at, after one quarter, I don't, I've already forgot who it was. Um, I don't know how good they are, but again, it's a MAC team. They had a real scare for about three quarters against EKU. So, look, I don't know. I, I would say that six weeks in, I think we'll have a much better feel for both teams. But the reality is it's the last game of the year, and there's so much that could happen. I mean, so much is going to happen from now until then. So it's another reminder where I I hate that it's the last game of the season. I do. Because for me, you know, I am somebody that I'm not afraid to say that because of the drought that Louisville has been on in this rivalry with Kentucky, I have no problem in saying if there's one win I could get this year, I want it to be that one. Maybe it's not the case every year, but to be honest with you, it probably will be every year because it's your rivalry game. And, you know, it makes sense to, in the midst of a season, start to think about when you do play your rival. And we could do it now, but like, I just, I think Kentucky's first four games, including the one coming up this weekend, make it to where they could be 4-0, and and we may not know if that means they're like legit, they're average, or they're bad because they're playing four bad teams that they should beat. You can beat those four teams on their schedule weeks one through four if you're a bad football team. And I guess maybe you could say the same thing for Louisville because who they played that's great, I don't know, but at least they played a Big Ten team. At least they played an ACC team. And now they've got another ACC team coming up this weekend that just played Florida State within two points. So, you know... I also am well aware of Louisville's situation. I still believe it. They're going to have to be competitive with Notre Dame, I think, to get any kind of a sniff at the top 25. That's just how the schedule sets up. But I'd at least, you know, when you go into the Notre Dame game, you're going to be tested in a major way like you have not been tested before. But at least you will have three conference games under your belt where you at least know you're playing somewhat of – I mean, look, NC State may beat you. you got to go play them there. That's going to be a tough game. 
by the way, speaking of the ACC, we'll talk about this um, in just a moment because there's some numbers out there that, again, it's not me saying that the ACC has now become the best league in football, but there's no doubt. After three weeks, the league has gotten better, and I didn't expect it. I didn't predict it, but here we are, and I'd rather Louisville play in a league that's getting better and is competitive with the others than what the ACC has been in the last few years. All right, 502-571-7900 is the number. If you guys would like to jump in and join us on the phone lines, we do have some open lines, so feel free to give us a call. Let's go to Dave. Dave, you're on Sports Talk 790. What's happening? Yeah, I got a question for you, and I was unable to make it up to Indianapolis, but uh, how many, what percent of the crowd in Indianapolis was Louisville fans? Do you have any idea? I was saying that, at least from what I could tell just by you know the visual, I would say 60-40, but I, and I feel pretty good about 60-40. I, I could be sold 65-35, to be honest with you, but no, there was, there was a lot of Louisville fans there. It was awesome to see. Well, what was, was the... What was the total attendance? About sixty thousand? No, uh, not even close. I mean, that I, I know that stadium probably holds something like that, but no, I don't think it was anywhere near that. I'm going to double check here because I think I think it was around twenty something thousand, which I think was probably a disappointment in the eyes of Lucas Oil Stadium because I assume they wanted more people there. But again, for those that were there, there were more Louisville fans, and I don't think anybody there would disagree, regardless of which side you're on. Yeah. Thanks, Nick. All right, take care. Appreciate you, Dave. Yeah, look, and as I said at the beginning of the hour, that's the fun stuff, right? Like, I, I, this wasn't there, the excitement. I mean, I'm looking at a picture of the Louisville crowd from the game, and it's just different than what it was before. So that's exciting. That's exciting, no doubt. All right, uh, let's go to the ACC here because I – I was very critical of the ACC in the last few years because I think there's been, I think it's been pretty obvious that the league wasn't great. Uh, and now I can't tell you that it's great, but I do feel like it is getting better. I don't remember the last time the league was off to maybe, you know, maybe going back to when Louisville had Lamar, Florida State was still believed to be a real contender, Clemson was Clemson, and I'm not even sure who was who was the other team at that point. But like right now, the ACC is 26 and 10 overall in non-conference games. And half of those losses have come from Virginia and Virginia Tech. Those two teams, of course, not good. Like Virginia Tech, Virginia, and Pitt stink. So not only are these teams out there winning, meaning the ACC, but the league is 8-5 and five against the SEC in the Big Ten. That's impressive. That's impressive. So the league is certainly taking steps in the right direction, although the first – Power five team, or I'm sorry, not power five, the first division one FBS team to lose to an FCS team is actually a future member of the ACC. As Stanford lost to, I think it was Sacramento State or something like that. And it's the first time we've had an upset like that. Because again, it's not to say that that, I mean, look, that used to happen not super frequently, but it wasn't that rare for an FCS team to beat a G5 team or maybe even a Power 5 team, right? It's happened before, not super common. But all those players that play at that level, FCS, are clearly taking advantage of the transfer portal and they're going to play in the big leagues, essentially, for a D1 team or a Power 5 team. So, yeah. The ACC, again, I'm not here to tell you that the league is 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 phenomenal, but I do feel like it's taken a step in the right direction and... Right now, I think you could make the case that teams like Duke, Florida State, um, Miami, 
I'm still willing to think that Clemson's going to end up being a good team this year. We'll see about Louisville. I think they're a big question mark. Um, and then, you know, I think your bottom is clearly the bottom. Georgia Tech, Boston College, Virginia, Virginia Tech, and Pitt are probably going to be not good. And that matters, right? Because they're also in your league. But I will tell you this, the, uh, the you know, the league's got four ranked teams, and I'm sure that's not that uncommon. I bet it's actually happened. But I actually feel like them being ranked now, given what they've done, who they've played, it means something. So go ACC. I'm kidding. I mean, it is good for the league to, to do well, but I've just never been a big rah-rah, go conference guy. But maybe, I, maybe I'll turn into that at some point. I don't know. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. We'll welcome in Ben. Ben, you're on Sports Talk 790. What's happening, brother? Hey, what's up, Nick, man? Uh, <laughs> I was just calling about the game uh, Saturday. Uh, it was good to get out there with a win. But, man, I, I can't lie, I was I was a little disappointed the way we finished. Um, but the first half, we got whatever we wanted pretty much. And then the second half was like, just, sorry, we're just surviving. You know what I mean? And, yeah, uh, I think that's that exactly what it was. Yeah, and that was kind of frustrating because I mean that's the first half, man. I'm like, man, we're we're on to something here. You know, we beat this team by thirty or you know whatever we was on the verge of beating them. No beat Boston College, and you know now we're talking about something. But I almost feel like after we gave you know that second half almost looked like the second quarter of Georgia Tech a little bit. So we kind of need to go back to the drawing board. Uh, but Nick, I want to ask you one thing, man. Uh, All right, Plumber, man. He, he, I, I, do you think? I kind of feel like Saturday, he didn't play bad, but I, I feel like Saturday was probably peak plumber. That, that's probably about as good as you're going to get. He wasn't bad, wasn't great, but that's the plumber I've seen at Cal and Purdue. I'll hang up and listen. Nick. Thank Love you, Ben. Show. I appreciate you. Yeah, so look, the second half, like I, I, I'm not as worried about it now that some time has passed, but what Ben just said was sort of my assessment right afterwards is that when you came out and played the way you did in the first half and you looked like you were so much better, why couldn't you get close to doing that in the second half? And I'm willing to say that maybe it's more so because of what Indiana did. I think they played well. I give them a little credit. Now, could Louisville have played better? Sure. I think there were some penalties. There were some drops. uh, And you got to clean some things up. So there's no doubt. Like, I hope when I say this, it doesn't come off as if, as if I'm like not satisfied with where Louisville football is. I'm thrilled that they're 3-0 and for the first time since Lamar Jackson was here. However, they were lucky to get out of there with a win. They did just enough to hold on. And again, I think you can also look at yourself and say, wow, we shouldn't have been in that position. But you know what? We were, and we made the right place where we got out of there with a victory. Now, with Plummer, look, I actually thought, despite the numbers not being as good as they were against Murray State or Georgia Tech, I actually thought he looked more comfortable. He was more sure of himself, made the right decisions to take off and run. I thought he threw some good balls, but this is such an awful way, especially if you're somebody who, you know, has a platform to to articulate what you mean and share thought. Like he's like I think Plummer's plumber, right? Like I don't think he was ever going to be great, and I hope Ben listening knows what I mean when I say that because yeah, I mean, he you know, he was good at Cal, put up some big numbers, but they weren't great. He lost his job at Purdue, but he is capable of doing what Jeff needs him to do for this offense to be successful. I think that's the best way to describe Jack Plummer. And I thought Saturday, despite it not being perfect, he looked more like a guy that'll be more, you know, he was more comfortable. So, you know, he's going to make mistakes, right? There's going to be some games this year where we open up the phone lines in the postgame show and, you know, maybe quarterback play didn't feel like it was a strength. And I don't think that's something you look forward to, but I just think that's where we are. I don't think he's a weakness to the team. You just need him to be consistent. And if he, I think, can do that, 
he will uh, he'll help Louisville get to eight, maybe nine wins. That's what I think. And as much as I wanted to see him come out and really, you know, dominate the second half just as much as they did the first, I am looking for this game on Saturday against Boston College, a team that I do believe is deservingly a two-touchdown dog to Louisville. I hope you come out with the home crowd around you, you're energized, and you blow them off the field. Now, at the end of the day, I still think Boston College is going to be a bad team, so I don't know what it's worth, but I think that'd be a real nice way to head into Week 5 where you go on the road to play NC State, and if you can somehow get a win there, here we go. I mean, this is what we this is what we laid out in the offseason, right? You get to Week 6, and you got Notre Dame in town, and it, it's going to make it more difficult, no doubt, but it's the exact scenario you wanted. If you get there, right? I know we're I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but if you're if you're undefeated when you play Notre Dame, they're going to be a top five, top ten team, no doubt about that. Well, I don't know. They play Ohio State coming up here soon, so That's maybe this week. Yeah, I spoke too soon. Um, but they're going to be a good team, even if they lose to Ohio State. It's still going to be a chance for you to get a big win. And in a way, if they if they beat Ohio State, it'll look even more worrisome for Louisville, I would say. But it would also make it to where there's a bigger opportunity there. And look, Louisville may get humbled, blown out by Notre Dame. Right? Could happen. But we can at least look at that game now with Jeff Brom as the coach and feel like, all right, let's just go get crazy. Let's get nuts. Let's see if we can do this thing. With Satterfield, you could tell yourself that. You could look in the mirror for 20 minutes and try to convince yourself of that, and, and, you, and you wouldn't be able to do it because it was just, it's just different. All right, when it comes to betting on sports, you guys know the drill, right? It's the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And you know, coming up here in just a matter of days, we're going to be able to bet legally here in the state of Kentucky. September 28th, you're going to be able to bet on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home with DraftKings. And to celebrate, here's what they're doing. They're going to hook you up with $200 in bonus bets on launch day when you sign up today using the code Sports Talk. So you download the app now, sign up, use the code Sports Talk, and then you come back on the 28th when you're allowed to bet legally. You got $200 in bonus bets. The DraftKings Sportsbook app offers parlays, props, and so much more on all your favorite sports. You will feel the thrill of the game like you never have before. So don't wait. Download the app now. It's the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Sign up with the code SPORTSTALK to get $200 in bonus bets once mobile sports betting goes live only on DraftKings. Coming soon, September 28th to Kentucky. DraftKings Sportsbook, code SPORTSTALK. Gambling problem code 100 Gambler must be 18 and over. Physically present in Kentucky. Subject regulatory licensing requirements. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Bonus bets must be wagered one time and stakes not included in winnings. Terms at sportsbook at DraftKings.com slash Kentucky. I'm sorry, DraftKings.com slash KY. Not my best. <laughs> Let's take a quick time out. We will come back on the other side. Keep it rolling along. Feel free to uh, give us a call if you'd like. 502-571-7900. That is the number again. It's Coffee and Company. Fueled by Thornton's right here on Sports Talk 790. Now back to Coffee and Company, fueled by Thornton's on Sports Talk 790. That's right, Coffee and Company rolling along here on a Monday afternoon. We are fueled by Thornton's. Big thanks once again to our friends at Thornton's who had us out on Friday for a phenomenal, fun remote, beautiful weather. Had us set up outside under one of their big Thornton's tents and, uh, Thank you to everybody who came out and signed up. You know, it worked out well because just about every piece of marketing material that we have, 
I think, here at iHeart Louisville was not available because we had everybody, I think, who works here other than me and you, John, was at Bourbon and Beyond. That's what it seemed like. So we used a lot of Thornton stuff, and then we had the iHeart vehicle that's got our logo all over it. And um, it worked out well to where if you came out and you signed up, there was nothing that said what we were doing. So if you walked up and you signed up, without anybody telling you, you knew where you were signing up for. So it was a really good reaction to see who, in fact, was there just to be there because they, you know, who I mean, people go to Thornton's all the time. It's a lot of fun. But if you came and you signed up, you would have no way of knowing we were giving those away unless you listen to the show or maybe you follow me on Twitter or something. So uh, we had a lot of people sign up. I mean, I think ended up getting close to 40 to 45 people that came out, and we had a lucky winner, and... That lucky winner almost did not get the passes. So I I randomly drew the the name of the winner. And I've already forgotten the guy's name who won. And it was on a paper that just had a bunch of names and then numbers next to them. And I was getting everything, I was getting everything out for um I was getting getting basically packing up everything to load it into my vehicle as well as the iHeart vehicle. And right as the show ended. My kids came out there. My wife brought them because they just thought it was the coolest thing ever to, to you know, to, to see me at work. Um, so they got there for like the last five seconds of it. And then we actually left a the vehicle there and went to get dinner and whatnot. But my son, the big moose, was trying to help me, you know, pick stuff up. And there's a lot of things on the table that we didn't need that, you know, were trash. But he threw away the piece of paper that had the list of winners on it. Or that, that had the list. So I knew which winner it was. I'd circled it, but I couldn't find the piece of paper. And... He saw me looking for it, and I'm panicked because I know who I just said won, and they can come out. But I, I, I was going to have to call John and say, do you remember the name? Because I've already forgot it. And I think it was Jared, was it not? I think Jared is the first name. But anyways, I'm I'm kind of scrambling. I'm looking around, and sure enough, uh, he goes back over. And I'm it's awful that he put his hand there, but he reached into the trash can and found the paper. And he knew that that's what I, that's what I needed. So luckily I was able to... Wash his hands, of course, and then take a picture of the name and the number and let him know he won. And I assume he came and got the passes, and hopefully he had himself a good experience at uh, at Bourbon and Beyond. So, yeah, we are proud. That's a long-winded way of me telling you that we are proudly fueled by Thornton's. We've got a couple of more remotes scheduled in these next couple of months, and we'll see what else we can do to try to uh, incentivize you to come out and take in the experience that is hanging out at Thornton's. All right, so... With conference realignment being such a thing in the last decade, obviously I think there's been different waves of it. Uh, right now, clearly, the Pac-12 is dead. There's nobody that would deny that. It is awesome to see the Pac-12 having such a good year whenever it's the last year of its existence. I know there are the member who is it, Oregon State and Washington State that are like fighting to make it to where like they can they can they can hold on to that name. And it's all about doing something to to, to somehow maybe find your way back into Power 5 football and maybe getting into the college football playoff. But look, they can keep the naming rights to it and basically just take the Mountain West, add those two teams, and call it the Pac-12. But we're all going to know it's not a Power 5 league. So anyways, it's actually nice to see them having a good year when it's their last year. But some other leagues not having great years. I mean, the SEC, I'm just going to say it once more. It's been talked about each week that's passed here in the college football season, and here we are again. The SEC does not and should not get the benefit of the doubt this year. They should not get two teams in the playoff under any circumstance. They are 5-7 and seven in Power 5 games. BYU is the most recent team to knock off 
an SEC team. They knocked off, it was Arkansas recently. So look at your wins in the SEC. UT over Virginia. Virginia's awful. They lost to James Madison. And oh, by the way, Tennessee got humbled by Florida. Auburn beat Cal. Cal is not good. We know that. Ole Miss beat Georgia Tech. Same thing. Missouri beat Kansas State. That's actually a pretty good win for Missouri. However, Kansas State or, or Missouri, I mean, who they would they start? I mean, I don't think any, I don't think anybody's going to react to that win. I mean, again, you give Missouri credit, but I don't think anybody believes Missouri is a team that's really going to do something this year. And then Mississippi State beat Arizona. So it's not me telling you the league's terrible, but what you do in every, I guess, data point possible should be accounted. And I already know what's going to happen. They're going to get an SEC play. They're going to beat up on each other. They're going to have more eyeballs on their games than any other league because that's what the SEC does because it just means more, right? But they should not get the benefit of the doubt because I don't care if you're, uh, let's say LSU rallies to become a really, really good team. Okay, what if they, I mean, other than just winning in the SEC, nobody's going to tell you they're an awful team, but I just don't see a scenario where if Georgia keeps doing their thing, they should be the only team, I think, in consideration for the playoff. Who else would you put in? We talked about Tennessee having the opportunity to emerge as the second-best team in the the SEC with Bama struggling against Texas and now struggling against South Florida. LSU, some think they're still pretty damn good, but they're – Beat down to Florida State is still something that's gonna, you know, it's gonna resonate with a lot of people. And then Tennessee again, it was their chance, and they come out and they get worked by Florida, who got worked by who was it Utah earlier this year. So doesn't mean the league's terrible, but I think they have deserved and earned the benefit of the doubt in most years because they usually dominate the non-conference. Now sometimes they don't play great teams in the non-conference, but now you know they're losing to teams that. It should like it should matter at the end, right? It should matter. I think the and, and right now, if you you know, I don't know how much you guys are keeping up with bowl projections, and if you're not, I I totally get it. But I think right now, Brett McMurphy of the Action Network, um, I believe he put he puts out his bowl projections every week, and I'm pretty sure he had. Let's see here. I'm pretty sure he had Florida State, Michigan, Georgia, and I can't remember who the other team he was that he had in the playoff who was it now I'm curious here yeah so he's got Michigan Michigan Florida State Georgia and Texas and if you know again there's a lot of football to be played till then but I think that's I'm not even sure which SEC team you could try to sneak in there if you're just looking at the New Year's Six Bowl games uh, I mean the only SEC team in Outside, yeah, it's it's there's there's not one. It's Washington, Ohio State, in the Chick Fil A Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl, the other New Year's Bowl. It's Oregon and Fresno State, Capital One Orange Bowl, UNC, Penn State, Oklahoma, USC, in the Cotton Bowl. So, look, the SEC is not what it typically is, and I just hope that that they don't get the benefit of the doubt. And here's the thing: next year, they're also going to have Texas and Oklahoma. But next year, like they may be, it may be the most dominant year ever in the SEC, and nobody's going to be surprised. But this is actually a year that's kind of a little, a little bit off for them, and it should count. It should matter. Now, speaking of another, you know, since we're talking about all these conferences, the Big Twelve. I mean, the Big Twelve has two ranked teams. You know who they are, John, on the spot. 
Texas and Oklahoma? Yep, teams that are not going to be there next year. <laughs> so look, they made a lot of good moves, and they have a decent TV deal, and and you know the existence of that that, that league's going to exist right after. Texas and Oklahoma leave. It's not going to be what it once was, but it looks as if after they lost those teams, what, last summer or the summer before, the new commissioner there has done a good job of kind of keeping the band together and at least doing the best you could in that situation. But right now, the two teams that are worth a damn are leaving after this year, and the Big 12 also has losses to teams like Miami of Ohio, Wyoming, South Alabama, Missouri, Texas State, Rice, and Ohio. All those teams I just mentioned have beat Big 12 teams this year. So... There's been so much talk about revenue distribution among conferences, and I get why, because that is important to your university, right? That matters. But like from a fan's perspective, that impact us. And despite you know the SEC and the Big Ten being clearly the big bullies on the block with so much money and so much reach with their big brands and all that, the SEC is clearly down this year, and we'll see. You know, I think Michigan has a weak schedule. They'll probably get the benefit of the doubt because they've been in the playoff two straight years. We'll see about Penn State. And then Ohio State, I don't know. Did they play this past weekend? They played Western Kentucky, and they beat them 63 to something. I'm an idiot. I bet the third. I I just thought for sure that that Western would would cover 31, and they didn't. So, yeah. So much for that uh, struggling offense for uh, Ohio State, right? Hey, I'll take it, considering Indiana kept them at 23. Oh, no doubt. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. Let me talk real quickly about temperature control. It's important. You want to be very, very comfortable. I don't know who's at fault here. I know DFH isn't at fault, but it's not comfortable in my studio. I don't know. If, and I can't I can't control the thermostat. They've now got it set up to where it's managed by an administrator, or whatever the hell that means. So uh, I don't have control in here, but I know when I go home, I do. And it's because of my friends at the DFH company. Check them out online, dfhcompany.com. Give them a call, 502-968-6222. You deserve to be as comfortable as you want to be in your own home. And if you trust DFH, they can make sure that is the case. And look, sometimes it's not going to be just a part replacement or a cleaning. Sometimes you have to replace your system, right? These things need to be replaced. It's like a vehicle. And nobody wants to do it, but there's no better time to do it than right now. Because when you buy a train system, a complete train system, you can receive 18 months special financing. So, therefore, it's not as big of an expense right away. And, of course, it's a phenomenal product. It's hard to stop a train. You've heard that for a long time, for good reason. It's true. It is subject to credit avail- uh, It is subject to credit approval. Visit dfhcompany.com for complete program. Eligibility dates, details, and restrictions. Again, it's the DFH Company, 502-968-6222. We'll come back and wrap up the 4 o'clock hour. Keep it rolling along here. It's one of the Mondays are always those days where I don't even get into half of what I planned to discuss because we just get to reacting from the weekend. But we'll try to get to as much as we can. Again, we still got a little bit over an hour to go, and we hope you'll stick with us right here on Sports Talk 790. Now back to Coffee and Company, fueled by Thornton's on Sports Talk 790. So for those on the text line asking, uh, we did discuss Scott Satterfield losing to Miami of Ohio in the 3 o'clock hour, and you know, I... I, I 
I'm not like happy that that happened. Like I'm not rooting against Scott Satterfield. And it's not because like I like him and want to see him do well. I just don't really care one way or the other. But a lot of Louisville fans seem to really take joy in that. And I've always sort of thought that was kind of odd. Like, for example, like Charlie Strong. I think a lot of people appreciate what Charlie Strong did here. And yes, in the end, he did leave us to go elsewhere. So technically, he's an ex and he dumped us, if you want to look at it that way. So I guess that's kind of like Satter. I mean, again, like we should be happy because Scott Satterfield, you know, he took less money to go to Cincinnati. Not by much. He just got a new, he got to reset things, if you will. Like he's in the same, he's in the same ballpark as far as his salary and whatnot and how much money he's making. But, you know, Louisville wasn't going to give him a new contract here just yet because he hadn't, he hadn't earned it. And I think Josh Hurd did exactly uh, what he should have done. And it's honestly, I think, what a lot of other ADs would have been scared to do because these coaches, especially when they're represented by the powerful agent that is Jimmy Sexton, when they're able to, you know, when they're able to, to basically scare you, hey, you better do something or these recruits are going to leave or the staff's going to leave. This guy's got to be, this guy's contract's got to be five, six years down the line here because if not, he's going to go elsewhere. And, I, you know, I think Josh didn't bite. And sure enough, Satterfield wanted more security and his agent got him the Cincinnati job and it worked out. So I'm happy. You know, Cincinnati, again, they're, believed to be a rival and I guess in a way they always will be just because of the history that we have with them but Satterfield would be our coach right now if they didn't have interest in him and I'm not even sure who else they went after right like they they just their athletic director whenever Sat got the job talked about how he wanted a coach that has gone through this process before as far as jumping from a lower level conference to a higher level conference and Sat had certainly done that at App State but he also was a a four-year coach at uh, a school that you probably see as one of your peers in Louisville, and he had a losing record in the ACC. So thank you once again for that because that's led to Jeff Brown being the coach here, and that has certainly made all of us very, very excited. All right, so we'll get into some of the other big matchups as we move along uh, throughout the week. I know it's a loaded, loaded weekend of college football coming up here in week four. Six-ranked matchups. First time that's happened since 2006. It's crazy. Good stuff. All right. We got to run. Sorry for the short segment. I'll try my best to have better clock management in uh, the 5 o'clock hour. One more hour to go on a Monday. Keep it locked right here on Sports Talk 790. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.